Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1110 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, I'll be speaking with Trisha from Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters. They have a great program that's trying to help children with type 1 diabetes, and she's here to tell you more about it. Check them out at jbbbs.org, or if you're interested in donating your time, 781-516-2090. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. But everybody is welcome. Type 1, type 2, gestational, loved ones, it doesn't matter to me. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. This is the meter that my daughter has on her person right now. It is incredibly accurate and waiting for you at contournext.com slash juicebox. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by AG1. Drink ag1.com slash juicebox. When you use my link and place your first order, you're going to get a welcome kit, a year's supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs. Hi there. My name's Trisha, and I'm coming from Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Boston. We're a mentorship agency, and we've started a type 1 diabetes program. I'm the clinical director there, and it's just been incredible to see children with type 1 diabetes getting a mentorship opportunity through an adult with also type 1. Trisha, you're the clinical director. What's your background? What's your education? So my background is I am a child life specialist. I'm certified. And then I worked in a hospital for close to 20 years with children with chronic illnesses. And from there, I went on to get an MBA in healthcare policy. Okay. Trisha, you're doing a thing right now that we, um, in my house, call the gas station voice. You don't know what that means yet, but I'll explain it to you, okay? Okay. You and I spoke for a few minutes before we started to record, and you have a little bit of a deeper voice, which came through very nicely on the microphone. When my wife goes to the gas station, she is never as nice in her life as she is to the person who pumps her gas for her. (laughs) And she goes up a couple of octaves to show people how kind she is. We don't know the psychology behind it. We just call it Kelly's gas station voice. Anyway, when I asked you to introduce yourself, you went into your gas station voice. Okay. By the way, this is all staying in, so don't be embarrassed. We're just talking. But you you went from sure. like this kind of like resonant voice to like, hi, I'm Trisha. And I was like, oh, that was interesting. And the mic's not picking it up as well as when you just talk normally. Oh, so, no. Yeah, okay. So just all right. be yourself. I'm going back to my other voice. Be yourself. You don't have to be nice or anything. Don't worry. It, it's, <laughs> we just want to talk to you. Do you know you do that? No. No, I didn't. My wife says she doesn't know either, but she turns into Mary Poppins at a gas station. Oh, goodness. It's fan- It's See, thin. around here, we don't have anyone pumping our gas. So I've never been <laughs> touching there, but 
All right. When I moved to New Jersey, I was like, I got out of my car the first time and the guy's like, hey, 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 we pump the gas here. And I was like, uh, I'm from Philly. I pump my own gas. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, it's a law. And I was like, mm, it's my car. I'm going to pump my own gas. And I still do it in Jersey. Like, I'll pull up and just get out and do it. But apparently they say it creates jobs. That's great. I'm for creating jobs. Anyway, yep. you can just be your like, just relax. OK, relax. Right. And 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 I'm going to pick you through it. So you're from the Jewish Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Boston. Is that the name? Yep. OK. Of Greater Boston. Of Greater yeah. Boston. And you guys, is this a newer program or is it something you've been doing for a while? So it's a brand new. Well, it's been around. We've been around for a year right now doing this program, per se. Mm-hmm. Our organization's been around for over 100 years. Wow. So we're getting it off the ground and we're having a lot of traction. It's just been really fun to see the growth of it. Very nice. And and how long have you worked there? I've been there for a little bit over a year. Okay. And tell me again, your, your background, your something with education. Sure. I'm sorry. So my background is I'm a child life specialist. I worked in a inner city hospital with children with chronic illnesses for close to 20 years. Oh. And from there, I went on and got an MBA in healthcare policy. How do you get into that originally? You know, it's a long story, but it started when I was a child with a family friend whose daughter had a brain tumor. And I spent a lot of time in the hospital with her and got to see the child life people coming in and out and working with her and thought, this is what I want to do. So I knew from a very young age where I wanted to go in life. Mm. And then now it's just morphed over the years into how I've taken that on. Describe the job in hospital a little bit. What did you do there? Sure. Child specialists work with children um, that come in. So either they come in through emergency, surgery, they're sick, whatever it may be. And we help children understand what's going on with them at the moment. So helping not just the child, but the child comes with a family. So helping the child and family from the beginning to the end of their hospitalization, if they need tutoring in hospital, if they're having a hard time taking medication, if they don't understand their diagnosis, if they need help around procedural support, if family needs help around procedural support, child life people are there to teach kids about what's going on at that very moment and break it down to them so it's developmentally appropriate. Oh, so. Ironically, you're almost like a big sister in that situation, like a like the you know, the person yeah, in the family who's yeah. level headed in the moment and and can be helpful. You got it. Yeah. Oh, that's sure. interesting. Okay, so you go back, you get an MBA. That sounds heady. Um, I went. I know. Well, you know, because then um, the management shift changed a little bit, and I ended up managing the program in the hospital. And I had an incredible supervisor who was a mentor to me. Okay, and she really pushed me to to reach my fullest potential. And we talked about like higher ed. She knew I wanted a master's, and we talked about what the next steps were. And she really helped me to understand how an MBA would be helpful to me as I went forward in life. It's it's really something when you meet somebody in a work scenario that's actually interested in helping you get better or rise, you know, in the organization because. That doesn't always happen. You don't always find a mentor. Sometimes you find people who are no. just happy to, you know, keep their foot on your throat so you can't move up and get past them. And and that it, it's a real thing and it holds people back. So it's wonderful when you see somebody, you know, doing the kind of the right thing in that situation. Is there something that happened during that time at the hospital that got you focused on type one or no, right? Like you just 
I'm, how did you make it to the to the other? How did I make it here now? Yeah. So no, I didn't. I mean, I worked with children with diabetes in the hospital, but never specifically that was my full population. My real population that I focused on there were children with sickle cell disease. And helping them transition from pediatric care to adult care, which was a big thing because when you're a child with a chronic illness, the pediatric world is very different than the adult world is. Mm. So after I had taken the break from the hospital, had done a few other things in my wheelhouse, I found this job and I thought, oh my goodness, how perfect is it to take children with a chronic illness, adults with a chronic illness, and find the best pieces of both of them and bring them together to help each other where they're at. Yeah. And as much as we say, we call our volunteers, our big sisters or big brothers, as much as we say our bigs are the mentors, they get so much from the kids, our littles, that's unreal. Yeah. And so it becomes kind of this two-way street. I have that experience with what I do. And I try to explain it to people. And I'm sure they can like picture it, but until you're doing it, you have no idea how like choosing work that helps other people enriches you. And I, I usually say that this podcast helps me more than it helps the people listening. They just, they, they would have no way to know that, you know, but it's true. It's changed my, my whole world. Um, so I, I take that point, um, incredibly. So you, so when you get there, they're not hiring you to like set up like a type one program, you just sort of happen to come in around the time that the program starts. Nope. Uh, I was actually hired to set up the type one program from the beginning. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you were, and so they had this idea, we're going to do this thing and they, they go out to get you. So now I'm super interested about what that process is like. How do you on day one, sit at a desk and, and start thinking about this and you know, what were your goals in the beginning and what did you learn on the, along the way? I partnered with AG1 because I needed a daily foundational nutritional supplement that supported my whole body health. I continue to drink AG1 every day because it works for me. AG1 is my foundational nutritional supplement. It gives me comprehensive nutrition and it supports my whole body health. Drink AG1.com slash juice box. When you use my link to place your first order, here's what you're going to get. A free welcome kit that includes a shaker, scoop, and canister five free travel packs, a free year supply of vitamin D, and of course, your AG1. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash juicebox. That's drinkag1.com slash juicebox. Check it out. Contournext.com slash juice box. That's the link you'll use to find out more about the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. When you get there, there's a little bit at the top. You can click right on blood glucose monitoring. I'll do it with you. Go to meters, click on any of the meters. I'll click on the Next Gen and you're going to get more information. It's easy to use and highly accurate. Smart Light provides a simple understanding of your blood glucose levels. And of course, with second chance sampling technology, you can save money with fewer wasted test strips. As if all that wasn't enough, The Contour Next Gen also has a compatible app for an easy way to share and see your blood glucose results. Contournext.com slash juicebox. And if you scroll down at that link, you're going to see things like a buy now, 
button. You could register your meter after you purchase it. Or what is this? Download a coupon. Oh, receive a free Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. Do tell. Contournext.com slash juicebox. Head over there now. Get the same accurate and reliable meter that we use. So in the beginning, I sat down and thought, where are we going to find these kids? That was my first thing. Like, how are we going to get our name out? How are we going to get parents to trust us and share with them what we can offer to their children and say to a parent of a child with a chronic illness, now we want you to send your child out with this big for two to four hours and not be in touch with them. And realizing that we had to kind of change a little bit of the model that we do to make sure the parents do stay in touch with their kids because they're not going to comfortably just let their child go off after they've been, you know, <laughs> monitoring things left and right. So yeah. I sat there and thought, who, where am I going to find them? So I started reaching out to schools, to different pediatricians' office, endocrine offices, the local diabetes centers around us, and making relationships with the social work team, with the child life team, with the physicians, with support staff, whoever it may be, because each person in that situation touches the child and family in a different way and builds a whole different repertoire or, or a whole different relationship than others do. And so the more people that knew about us, the more, way, the more ways we would be able to get our name out. I worked a lot with JDRF. I still do. We work together to help you know, reach families there, to find special ways to get into different outreach opportunities and and, and webinars to talk about the program and how we can best help others. How many families with type 1 diabetes did you have to talk to before you realized these people weren't going to like cut ties with their kids for four hours? <laughs> One. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, it was, it was very, you know, and, and I knew it in like my heart of hearts. I knew and, and rightfully so. I mean, hmm. you know, blood sugars can drop, yeah, they well. can spike, kids don't feel good, it's scary, things don't always respond as quickly. So it was really kind of sitting there and figuring out how are we going to change our parameters, which was amazingly easy because I work with the best people in the world. So to change our parameters that we can make it work for the child, for the parent and for the big altogether. Right. And so you've only been at this for, I mean, not not even two years. I, my first question no, is definitely not even two not years. even two years. How many kids did you end up finding initially? So right now we have fifteen kids okay. that we're in the process of either are on our waiting list or that we're interviewing, and we've got two currently matched, and we have five more in the in the thrones of being matched right now. Which I know sounds like small numbers, but to start from nothing and to get to here, it's been incredible to meet these children and families and and to hear their stories and to hear what their needs are hmm. and and then also to meet the volunteers on the same token we've got volunteers waiting so it probably sounds to you right now like why does she have kids waiting and volunteers waiting but it's because when we make a match we make it based off of so many things so geography is number 1 if they're not going to live close enough to each other they're not going to be able to see each other the second thing is personality characteristics. We like to really think about the child and the, the volunteer to see how we can put them together 
that works well for them right. have to have the same likes. So there's so many different pieces of the puzzle that really go together to figure out what a match is going to be. And I am super strong on this. I will not budge. We don't make a match unless we feel it's going to be a good one mm. because there's no point in getting a little's hopes up and a big's hopes up for it to fizzle. I'm going to ask a chicken and the egg question here. So what came yeah. first? Did you have adults with type one who were like, Hey, match me up with a kid with type one, or did you have kids with type one and you realize they need a different understanding than maybe some other people do? So first came the kids pretty much. And we had a couple adults, but first came the kids. Okay. And, and it was really just getting to know them, thinking about too down the road, what else can we provide for them that can help them throughout their, their life and mm-hmm. throughout going from a young child, the youngest child we enroll is seven. So going from a seven-year-old up to a teenager and beyond, and how can we help support them along their journey? Are you seeing children whose care is not stellar at home, meeting up with adults who really understand diabetes and helping them along? So we see both, truthfully. We see children who do have more struggles at home because of their family life. And those kids need big so much to help support them and to help them understand how important it is to take care of themselves mm-hmm. and how they need to put themselves first and really pay attention to what those doctors and nurses are saying to them. So setting a good example and modeling good behavior. We have other children that come from homes where like everything is in top not shape. There's no questions that they know how to run their equipment. They know how to bolus. They know how to carb count. They know everything, but they don't have that social network and they feel that isolation of I'm the only one like me here now. That's wonderful. And that's the hardest thing to hear right there. Have other chapters reached out to you about this yet? I mean, are you the only ones doing this or are there other? We are the only ones. No, we're starting it off. And hopefully we'll see like the benefits of it. Well, I know we will see the benefits of it, but, you know, hopefully others will adopt it after we get it going. I'm just listening to you. And I mean, I have a, you know, a depth of knowledge about how people with diabetes sometimes think and feel and need. And what what you're describing, basically, because this is a weekly thing, right? Like it happens on Saturday, they get together. No, they meet twice a month. Twice a month. Um, they, okay. And they talk more often, usually. Okay. But, okay, so twice, basically, you're you're given a kid, you say four hours? It's a four-hour window? hmm Okay. You're basically given a kid two four-hour windows a month where they're going to diabetes camp almost. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and instead of waiting all year till summer and then getting together for a week or a weekend or something and, and being around other people who have diabetes, they have this opportunity to not, like, you know, have to uproot their lives even. Not that camp's uprooting, but it is a little bit. Like you have to take a break, you have to go, usually drive somewhere far away. And just to be around another person who doesn't look at their pump and think, what is that? Or does uh, understands or is bolusing with them for lunch at the same time. It's a, I think it's a really like, special idea. Who, who had the initial idea? Can we give them credit? We sure can. So it was one of our board members. And she went at first off, like our, when I said to you earlier, I work with the best people. We are an organization where an idea comes in and we really like take it and run 
So the board member came to us and said that she really thought this was something needed, was diagnosed later in life with type 1. And she thought, how incredible would it be to have someone to support me? So I will share with you, like in one of our matches, the little girl's in third grade and her big is in her 20s. And they went rock climbing together and off they were going up the wall and the little's alarm started going off. And so the big said to her, you know, let's take a break. Let's fix what's going on and then we'll get back to it. And she looked at her and said, but I hate being the only one beeping all the time. And lo and behold, as she said that, the big's alarm started beeping as well. So that was like meant to be, I guess, for that very moment. But they finally, they had been matched for over eight months. And it took to that moment to get to the point where the first real full-blown diabetes discussion happened because we don't want to push it down their throat. And like I said earlier, we want them to be comfortable. Yeah, it finally came up and just happened organically. And the kid- It was amazing. Yeah, it sounds like, by the way, I have to ask you, how long were you at the organization before you intrinsically knew to say big and little when you were talking about adult? I'm assuming it took months. Oh, (laughs) it took, yeah. No, because I switched back. I'm terrible. This is where I'm terrible. I I switched back and forth. With the families, I'm always big and little. But then with with other folks, I'm volunteering kids because I want them to understand what I'm talking <laughs> Cause, about. Because as you're doing it, it my, my brain like like rubs against it every time. Like, what is she saying? I'm like, big is adult. I got it. Don't worry. I got it. Big is the volunteer. Little is our kid. Gotcha. That's a great example of, you know, you don't rush, right? You don't get together on day one and go, hey, diabetes, huh? Me too. You know, it just like you get together and then it comes up naturally because it was going to it sounds like they both got active and their blood sugars fell and then they can have that conversation like that and you can tell even through your retelling how much the kid wanted to say that probably like how how important it was for them to maybe be able to unburden themselves to somebody who they were like oh this is a person who will actually understand this yeah Yeah, and then the parent the parent of the little was so grateful that she opened up and said that that she got to that point where she could say those words and make it, it, it and just express herself, I guess, yeah. express herself in a way where someone else going through the same thing understands. Yeah. Now these two are like the Bobsy twins and they set their screen, their background screens. So they have the same pictures when they're out and they do this and they do yeah. that together, but it's morphed from this friendship that obviously is the beginning of the relationship and how the relationship starts into a support system for wow. diabetes. That's really something. How much are you figuring out as you go? Like, I'm sure with 15 kids, it perhaps hasn't happened yet, but eventually you're going to identify a child with an eating disorder. Like, are you able to, like, do you have services in mind already where to guide people to? What about when you meet somebody who can't afford I don't know, insulin or supplies or what happens when you meet people who are just like, you know, A1Cs are are incredibly high and they don't know what to do. And it's more than just the the big little like setup can help with. Do you, do you have? Sure. Yeah. What are you doing for that? So we, we do work a lot with different wraparound services and the local hospitals as well. We've really partnered with them, especially i I would say Children's Hospital has been incredible to partner with because we can share information back and forth. So the first thing, you know, 
on enrollment, they sign release forms so that we can talk to people, which helps us dramatically. So if a situation comes up, then we can go back and and discuss it. We have had the A1C thing where A1Cs are out of control. And that's something the hospital works directly on with them. But a big can help to influence why it's so important to get that number down. With other kids, they've seen just with the blood sugars all over the place. And there's never just some kind of commonality and they can't pinpoint what's making it spike. And we know it's because the kids aren't bolusing or they're not taking care of themselves properly. Mm -hmm. So the big there, helping them to understand why it's so important. So if we know, like when we do this interview with the little, we do it with their parent or guardian and the child themselves. The parent or guardian we meet over Zoom. It's a great conversation. We do it when the kids aren't around. So the parent guardian can say whatever they need to say and get it out. And then we go in and we meet with the child face to face. Hmm. Just a lot of things being accomplished here. Yeah, there's, it's like, it's really comprehensive Hmm. program, very comprehensive. And, and when we meet with the kiddo face to face or our little, I'm going to switch my words. Here we go. When we meet with our littles, we ask them a lot of questions and especially around their care for diabetes finding out exactly where their comfort level is. And I mean, I'm sure this is not a surprise to you, but so many kids report back on bullying. One girl told me her class called her the weird robot and they didn't want to sit next to her because of her robot device. Hmm. I mean, it's just working through these kind of boundaries and these breakthroughs the most criminal thing there is that kids burn is terrible the weird robot like what what kind of a dig is that it's just not well thought out it's it's low yeah, level and where's the teacher in oh, that situation trisha, too it's, trisha it, it's subpar bullying at best i don't like it but still. oh it's it is bullying it's 100 <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not even it's bullying i have a question yeah. that i want to it's just in my mind and i want to get through it like so um i have to admit when you reached out to me i thought Jewish big brothers, big sisters. I didn't know that there were, I just thought there was big brothers, big sisters. But you're not, like, if if I have a kid in the greater Boston area and they're not Jewish, you help them as well, right? Like, it's not. Thank you for asking that, because I did not say that at first. We serve everybody. So we serve, even though we are Jewish big brothers, big sisters, we are an affiliate of the Big Brother, Big Sister Association of America. We serve everyone, regardless of race, religion, ethnicity, identity, orientation, etc. If you are in need of a service, you come to us and we will start working with you. Similar to like when you hear Catholic charities, for example. Right. That's an organization that helps everybody. It's not, it's just, it's the way it's run. I I say, okay. How long has it been in existence? So Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters has been around for I think we're up to 104 years right now. Wow. Okay. Well, long-standing, prominent agency. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what made you want to come on the podcast to get the word out? I wanted to spread the word about what we're doing and for people to reach out if they have questions or if they have ideas. I wanted to just share this service that's out there for people in the greater Boston area. Mm-hmm. And I will say we serve over 90 cities and towns. So from like out Western Mass a little bit, all the way up through the North Shore and the South Shore. So we go everywhere, everywhere. 
Everywhere um, that's freezing cold in the wintertime. I know where you're talking about. It's Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a yeah. little chilly today here. But, you know, <laughs> we don't have snow yet, so we'll keep it that way. Let's kind of take a second here. Can I give the phone number from the website? You sure can. Excellent. Yes. 781-516-2090, or it's jbbs.org. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And right from our website. No, 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 no. J3BsandS.org. And right from your website, what? You can find the type 1 diabetes program. There's information to enroll. There's a direct link that they'll get to me. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be able to set them up and get them going. And there's no cost. Is that correct for the There's. This is a totally free service. Yep. There's no cost to the child or family at all. And the adults are donating their time? They're donating their time, and truthfully, they're also donating their money and paying for any outings oh, I that see. they go on yeah, with yeah. the children. I got you. So we, I take, I go rock climbing, and there's a charge to get into the something. It's, it's on me as the person who's setting up the excursion. It's on you, the big. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, that all makes sense. Yeah, because geez, if you were paying for it, I'm like, where would I go? Maybe get a nice meal, get a steak. We'll start slow in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll keep going all day. But yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry to burst your bubble. No, on that I one. didn't. I didn't imagine any differently. Actually, I just, I just wanted to make sure people understood that they'd be donating. Yeah. So you're looking to hear from children who are looking to be paired up, and you're looking for adults who'd like to donate their time as well. You got it. I'm looking for both. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm going to just say this. I feel personally responsible now to make sure people reach out to you. So if you're listening and you fit into one of these buckets, like give it a try if you're interested. You know. I mean, what could it hurt to reach out and talk to Trisha a little bit and, and get some more information, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's really like, truthfully, people with, people involved in our program will tell you that this is a gift. And, and we are only here to help serve people and to make things better for kids so that they're more comfortable in their own skin and that they feel good about living with a chronic illness The one thing I said when I first applied to work at Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters was that I never want a child to feel like their illness owns them. Mm -hmm. I want the child to own their illness. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I feel by giving them a mentor, it's something that can really help to teach them how to take control and how to feel good about what's going on in their situations and feel as though they can live with type one, a successful life, which we know is possible. And to make it through all the different ages and stages with someone by your side. Can I ask you, how has your understanding of type one changed over the last year? I have learned so much. I can't even believe. So I knew what type one was. I knew that it wasn't anything like type two. I, you know, all of those things, but One, just learning from hearing from children, the misconceptions that they go through, that's been eye-opening. But then two, learning about bolusing, learning about closed-loop systems, learning about all these different systems that kids have. Kids that are on multiple daily injections versus on a looped system. Mm -hmm. It's been really interesting to me to see the, the paradigm shift and the learning curve for myself going through this. And I feel like I can actually have a conversation with a parent of a child with type one and not be clueless and understand. I mean, do I understand what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night because your child's blood sugar is crashing? No, I do not have that in my back pocket. 
but I do know what it's like to be a parent. I have two teenage girls. I know what it's like to work with children with chronic illnesses. And I know what it's like to hear a parent going through a traumatic episode Mm. and being there to support them through that time. Have you had an experience yet where you thought, oh, I wish I could take this knowledge back with me 15 years ago to when I was working in hospitals? Yes. I wish we could have done a support group then for kids like this. I wish I could have set something up that would have reached children when they're in the hospital differently for type one and given them more tools to go back to school with. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody's listening to this, whose kid is already maybe part of the big brothers, big sisters program in another place, you know, outside of Boston. Yeah. You're comfortable with them asking their chapter to reach to you and you'd be happy to explain to them how you got this set up, what's working, what didn't like give them a a roadmap. A hundred percent. Of course. Right. I feel like we all have to work together. There's no I in team. We'll go for the cliche (laughs) and we need to, you know, it's everyone's here. If your child's involved in a big brother, big sister program, they're in it because you knew they had a need for something. Yeah. So why not just expand that need? No, it's fantastic. It really is. It's very kind that you'd spend the time to explain it to somebody else and get it rolling in other places too, if, if they were interested. I think we've covered everything really well. I want to make sure you feel that way. And then I have one last question for you. So first of all, is there anything we haven't said that we should have that I missed? No, nope. We've got it all. Great. I, we've hit all my little bullet points here. So here's my last question. How come you're not like, yeah. let's go park the car in the yard? How come you don't sound like that? Do you, are, you not, are you not from? <laughs> I'm from New York. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you, you don't sound like you I'm live there. <laughs> no, no. But my youngest daughter sure does. She parks her car. She does the, she has no R's whatsoever. <laughs> That's but no, no. So, so I'm you, from New York. So you, did you go to the area for school and just stay? I did. I did. I came here um, because I knew I wanted to be a child life specialist. I came here to go to Wheelock College. During that time, I wrote a grant with a physician that I worked with to get a program started in surgery and trauma. And then from there, I met my husband who's here. And that's how I ended up staying. Trisha, it's always a boy. I, every time I interview somebody, I'm like, how did you end up in Alaska? And then the story starts and a boy. And then, you know, <laughs> by the way, that Alaska story, which I'm not going to bother you with, oh. is in a past episode. The boy disappeared. She stayed in Alaska. And I was like, get out of oh, here. Oh, my really. goodness. <laughs> so she's like, well, my guy's still around. He's still around. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, I. That's I, funny. I, I, please. I hear some stories. Uh, I genuinely um, appreciate you taking the time. I really appreciate you guys reaching out, actually. Um, there are, I will, I'll, I'll tell you something that's back room that you would know. A lot of people reach okay. out to me to get their thing out in the world. And most, some, there are times where I'm like, um, you know, it, it's business related or something. I'm like, I'm not here to like, you know, shill for your business. And I, and I don't do stuff like that. But boy, when I got your, your initial note, I think I misunderstood it at first. And then you guys were persistent, which I appreciated because then when I really dug into it, I was like, this is something I, I'd like to really get behind. So I appreciate the effort that you put into getting on the podcast. And by the way, this is not an this is not an invitation for other people who I've said no to to come back and try one more time. But well, I, I have to say, Tanya, my colleague who first initially reached out to you, mm. she is just above and beyond. And she's our director of recruitment and engagement. And she's the one that helps me find our bigs. 
Uh, and without terrific. her, like we work hand in hand together. Yeah. Without her, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I have one last question. I'm sorry. I know yeah. I said I had one last question that I'm going to ask. Another okay. one. You can have like 10 last questions. Thank you. How's that? What about a scenario like me? Like I'm not offering to come to Boston, but I'm just using me as an example. I do not have type one yeah. diabetes, but some people might argue that I might make a fantastic mentor for somebody with type one diabetes. Like, so could a parent of a child with type one, who's maybe kids have kind of flown the coop or I guess gone to college, like, could they be a big for a, a young person with type one? Like, are there worlds where you match type ones with non type ones that still have a lot of information about diabetes? You haven't thought about that one. Have Can you? I tell you, I don't know. I, I honestly, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We haven't explored that Avenue yet. Well, that's, there's my little bit for you. Like maybe that would be helpful. All right. Yeah. Get I'm going to take that back to the table. Yeah. Get some like, you know, empty nest mom with a ton of energy. Release them on one of those kids. They got all that energy. They don't know what to do with. Trust me. They know a ton about right. diabetes and they, they might not have anything to do with it anymore. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe for it sure. wouldn't work out or maybe it doesn't fulfill the, the exact calling of the idea. I, I mean, as I think about it, maybe it doesn't, but I don't know. I just want to throw it out there. The reason why I was like, I don't want, I never a straight off no person. But the one thing I can think of is like, there is so much comfort in a child wearing a blood glucose monitor, seeing an adult wearing it as sure. well. There's this kind of bond that happens immediately by seeing that. Yeah, it very well may not be a, a, a good fit for the overall idea. It just occurred to me and I, you know, I wanted to ask. So thank you. But as support for the parents, the other parents that have younger kids to talk to a parent Who's gone through all Trisha, of this? Trisha, you're going to make more work for yourself. A big on big program, huh? a parent, a, a parents well, of kids with type one program. I, who knows? You mm -hmm. never know. Right. I mean, it's look at. I just said to you, I never say no right away. Yeah. So, well, listen, that's a that, that's also not a bad. I I mean, look, there might be other places already set up to cover those things. But what I'm thinking is, is if you have 15 kids who are in your program, let's just pretend it was 16. Now you have eight parents and eight parents who you could maybe put together that m might not be difficult and it might be valuable and needed and and desired by those people i listen i have my facebook group adds 150 new people every four days wow those are people who do not have community and, and generally speaking are looking for community and support so I, I think even that's a good idea. You could get into all kinds of side hustles here. I know they're not called side hustles, but you're doing it for an organization. We could get all, we could get all different kinds of programs going, but you yeah, never know. That's a nicer way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, but you, you could do, you're from Jersey now. You can do your side hustle and I'll program it. Oh, How's please. That? I have side together. hustles. I have side hustles. I'm, I'm all over the place trying to stay, stay above water. But uh, okay. Well, Trisha, this was really nice of you to do. Give me all the information again. What's the website? and one more time. Sure. So our website is www.jbbs.org. And um, you know what? You gave a I different gave phone number. You gave our direct line phone number. I don't know. Is that I'm a terrible person. I don't know our direct line number off the top of my I don't head. By the way, I don't, I don't think you're a terrible person. 781-516-2090. There you go. All right. That's why we work together. See, teamwork already. Trish is like, I know my phone number. <laughs> I don't know, like, are there other ones? <laughs> well, right. I, that's I know my cell, but anyway. Please ask me my kids' cell phone numbers. I have no idea. 
no, I. No, you're going to say to me, excuse me, I have to put their name in the contact and yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. All right. Uh, I really do appreciate you doing this. Can you hold on one second for me? Absolutely. Thank absolutely. You. How terrific was that? Make sure to check them out if you're interested in helping. I'd like to thank AG1 for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast and remind you that with your first order, you're going to get a free welcome kit, five free travel packs, and a year's supply of vitamin D. That's at ag1.com slash juicebox. A huge thanks to the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Learn more and get started today at contournext.com slash juicebox. And here's a little bonus for you for listening all the way till the end. In the pro tip series that runs between episode 1000 and 1025, I think, there are ads from Contour with a link to a free meter. You have to be a U.S. resident, and it's only while supplies last, but there are supplies left at this moment. So head over there, listen to the Diabetes Pro Tip series that begins at episode 1000, get that link, and get yourself a free Contour Next Gen meter. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. The episode you just heard was professionally edited by Wrong Way Recording. WrongWayRecording.com.